Praise the Lord. It's so good to, to look back and now to uh, celebrate and then uh, look forward to all that God has planned for our great church. Thank you so much, our media team, for uh, those pictures. That was so fun, walking down memory lane. Uh, we welcome you today. My name is Danny Forshe. I'm pastor here at Great Hills. And uh, right after the service, we are going to have a wonderful time of fellowship and a, a free meal. But if you're a first-time guest, we would love to meet you. Ashley, my wife, and I will be out over here in the Welcome Center, and we would love to shake your hand and to meet you and give you a gift. And so we welcome you here uh, today. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to Psalm chapter 77. The title of our message today is, I Will Remember. And really, the theme of the day is paid in full, as not only our debt has been paid in full, and by the faithfulness of God's uh, people and the, really the intervention, the miraculous intervention of God. Uh, but more importantly, our sin debt has been eternally paid in full by the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, who arose from the dead, and now He lives forever making intercession for the saints of God, and He is coming again. And so we are just glad that you're here today. We welcome you. Many of you are watching us online through the live stream or the Facebook or the YouTube channel, Twitter. And so we thank you. If you're on Facebook, why don't you click the share so that other people can know that you're worshiping the Lord with us uh, here at Great Hills Baptist Church, 10,500 Jollyville. Let me just see if you're happy to be here. Say amen. Let me hear you. All right. Me too. Me too. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. So Psalm 77 is the text that I've chosen. And as I read it today, I think you'll, you'll understand pretty quickly why. Because the psalmist, his name is Asaph. It's not David in this instance, but it's Asaph. And we don't know what has happened, but something calamitous has happened, something rather catastrophic. And it's caused the psalmist to ponder and to ask, really to ask some questions that all of us ask in times of tribulation, in times of sorrow. In the question, we go something like this, God, where are you? God, have you forgotten us? God, are you mad at us? And again, we don't know the context of where Asaph was, uh, really somewhere a couple thousand or at least a thousand years before the time of Christ, what, whatever the context was, whatever the historical situation in life in which they found themselves, they, they're human, it's humanity and human nature. They begin to ask, God, why and where are you? And I know if you've been here for any amount of time, you have also asked those same kind of questions. God, where are you? What are you up to, Lord? What are you going to do? And how are you going to deliver Great Hills Baptist Church from a sure calamity, from a catastrophe, from a sale of everything that we have here, God? We're going to have to sell 29 acres and all the buildings, and we're absolutely going to have to move. And that's, the, that's what was facing us six years ago, and I knew that. And I knew there was really no other way around that unless… God did something, and God, only God could create and orchestrate what He did to preserve His people. All I can say is God must really love us. God must really want this church to be right here in the center of A, if not the, then one of the most affluent zip codes in all the United States of America. And two, it's probably in the top five of the most educated zip codes in all of America. 78759 has more uh, BAs and BSs and M, 
master's degrees, PhDs degrees, MD degrees, and that we're just surrounded with so much opulence and affluence and intelligence. And, and so I really believe God must love us, and God wants us to be right here to present a powerful witness for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we give Him all the praise. And I want you to look at Psalm 77 with me. The Bible says, has God forgotten to be gracious? Has He in anger shut up His tender mercies? And I said, this is my anguish. And I think that's a mild translation of the Hebrew word there. That word really means to wound, almost to wound viciously, to be born through, to be pierced through to the very soul of our being. Asaph says, this is my anguish, but I will, what does that say, church? Remember. I want you to notice three times in two verses the Word of God has this key word, and it really is the linchpin. It is the word that unleashes all the mystery and the glory of God of Psalm 77. Asaph says, here's what we're going to do. No matter how bad it is and how difficult it is, I am going to remember. I'm going to remember three things. The years of the right hand of the Most High, El, El Yon, God Most High. I will, number two, remember the works of the Lord. I will remember the works of, and he uses a different Hebrew word there. Did you catch that? It's not El Elyon, God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, but he uses the word Yahweh. And the word Yahweh means the covenant-keeping God of Israel, the God who was, the God who is, and watch this, the God who will forever be. And so Asaph is answering his own question, no, no God has not forgotten us, no God has not forsaken us, no God's not angry with us because He is our all-encompassing, powerful God. And we are going to remember this. We're going to remember His mighty hand, we're going to remember His works, and surely we're going to remember His Pele of old. The Hebrew word Pele there means, this is very interesting, two times. In this one passage of Scripture, this word Pele means impossible. It means there were some impossible situations that have come upon the people of God, and God in His sovereignty, God in His omnipotence, God in His, His providence, God so supernaturally intervened, and so I will remember. I'm going to remember all of these things because it's very therapeutic. Because when I enter into a time of difficulty, all I've got to do is think back and remember what God has done. I will, I will also meditate, he said. I will meditate. I will ruminate. I will ponder and think on all of your work, and I'm going to talk of your deeds. And by the way, church, that's what we've been doing today. We've been talking. We've been talking through media. Thank you, Corey, for all your hard work. We've been talking through worship. Thank you, Terry, for all your hard work. We have been talking through uh, fellowship that we're going to enjoy after. We're going to be talking through the Word of God as I preach it today. We're talking about it. We're meditating upon it. We're remembering the work of God. Your way, O oh God, is in the Kadesh. That's an interesting word. It's, I think a better translation is the word, your holiness. Your way, O oh God, is the way of holiness. Who is so great a God as our God? You are the God who does the Pele. You do the impossible, the wonders. You 
have declared your strength among the peoples. You, God, with your arm, you have redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Salah. So I choose this passage of Scripture today, and I've been thinking on it and, and, and just really seeking the Lord as to what is the best way to celebrate and commemorate, but watch this, church, more than the celebrating and commemorating, I wanted our focus to really be upon the goodness of God, the intervention of God. And it's hard for me, and I know I'm a pastor, and I'm a person of words, and it is my job to be a wordsmith and to capture essence and to verbalize that, but I'm going to go on record and to say, I am woefully inadequate to share with you the absolute divine intervention of God. God has worked in such a way. For the last nine years, this has been the burden of my life. When I became your pastor nine years ago, I, I, I didn't know how you're going to alleviate $7 million plus a $2 million if, uh, fine if you try to pay it off early. I had no idea how in the world we were going to be able to do this, but I did know and Ashley and I both felt very, it didn't scare us away, it almost did, but it didn't scare us away completely to come here because we just knew somehow, some way, God was going to eliminate this debt. And I'll be honest with you guys, I just want to be honest, I was hoping to see it in my lifetime. And Marcus Williams told me a couple weeks ago, he says, Pastor, you really have no idea what this means to us especially to us old-timers, because we have seen this, and we never thought we would see the day that God would literally lift up our church in such a way that we would be debt-free. Well, He's done it, and all praise and all glory go to God. The temptation is always the same, whatever the generation. The temptation is, during hard times, to question the goodness of God to question the power of God. Some of you here today, you're not, facing, you're not facing what maybe we have been facing over the last few years, but you're facing your own trial, your own difficulty. And whatever it is, I know what your temptation is because I know the voice, the whisper of the evil one. Is God really that good? If God is so good, then how in the world did you get yourself into this situation? Oh, maybe God, number one, He's not all that good, or number two, God is not all that powerful, so why don't you question God? Why don't you leave God? Why don't you go on and do something else? Is that not the voice of the enemy? And that's what He does to the people of God, and really we're just pawns. Because it's not so much that he targets that at us, he ultimately wants to target that at God because God is his ultimate enemy. And so your temptation today may be, oh God, where are you? God, why have you allowed this to happen? And this is the word God gave me. In the midst of that, we're going to cry out to God, we're going to pray to God, and here's the word, God can be beseeched, but God can never be rushed. You ever notice that? God can, be, God can be asked, God can be prayed to, and I'm telling you, for the nine years I poured out my heart and my soul in prayer and fasting and seeking the Lord, God lift up this curse of debt. God lift it off of us. And I know God could have done it in the moment. He could have done, bam, it's, it's over, but He didn't. He'd allowed it to happen. He allowed it to happen for decades and decades, and now it's happened. And God has intervened, and we, we are just standing in awe of God. If you're looking at your notes or looking at uh, 
the insert that we gave you, or if you're on our, our church app, you'll see it. You can fill in the blanks here. Number one, the question we all ask in times of adversity is, has God forgotten us? And that's point number one. The question we all ask in times of adversity is, has God forgotten us? And the psalmist says, this is, in verse 9 and 10, he says, this is my kalal. This is my piercing, my wounding through my spirit. This is the dark night of my soul. And, and God, where are you? Why, why have you delayed? God, are you asleep? And, and you ever, have you ever been there when you're like, your heavens, I mean, your, your, your prayers are going up, and it's like the heavens are brass. You ever, you ever felt that? And you want to ask that question, God, are you there? And I want you to look at this psalm with me today and say, yes, he's there. And God, he, you may not be able to, you know, ascertain or to track where his hand is, but you can always trust where his heart is because God is for his people. God loves his people. God could never forsake us. And the Bible says, even though our own parents may abandon us and forsake us, our God never will. He can't. He can't, he cannot forsake the very people that he, that he loves and that he has redeemed, but he can lead us, he can lead us, and he does lead us in times of testing, in times of trial. In Great Hills Baptist Church, we have, we have gone through some exhilarating days, and we've also gone through some days of, of difficulty. And as I was listening to that historical rendition with you. I was thinking about my own notes here, and I want to share some of these with you. 1986, man, that was a hard year for our church. And the banks called the loans, and our church had some serious setbacks. We were trying to move out of Allendale over here to this new, uh, new property that God has given us. From 1987 to 1993, and some of you were here, many of you were here, 1987 to 1983, the foundation of this worship center and the steel girders, they just stood, they stood for those years, no construction, winter after winter after summer after summer. For those many years, the steel beams just jutted up into the heavens. And I wonder if people rode by, and I wonder if even people here at our church would say, has God, has God forsaken us? Has God forgotten us? I mean, this is, this is a sad day. We, we can't get the money to, 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 to take care of our, of our facilities and, and to build. By the way, did, didn't God lead us here? Maybe God never really, you see what you start doing? We start questioning and doubting. And it only gets worse. In 1984 and 85, I, I, David Ferguson shared this with me, and I confirmed it with him this week, that when he was the executive pastor, he fired all the staff. You say, well, that was a very mean thing to do. Well, I just want you to know, I've, I've been there, and I had to let go half of the staff in my tenure here. But here's what I've learned. When you don't have money, you can't pay people. Yeah, it's pretty, that's profound, isn't it? When you don't have any money, you can't pay people. And David Ferguson had to fire all the entire staff of Great Hills Baptist Church in 1984 and 85. And then he turned, looked in the mirror, and he fired himself. And then he looked at Pastor Ochester, and Ochester said, don't you even think about it. No, but what? <laughs> Well, what he did is he took a massive cut in pay. So here you have, in the early 80s, Great Hills Baptist Church, no staff, one, one pastor with a substantial cut in pay, and then right after that, the buildings go up and then they just stop. I mean, these are some lean, difficult years. 1996, the church files Chapter 11 bankruptcy. 
1996. My immediate predecessor, Michael Lewis, says, oh, let me tell you some of the dark nights of my soul, and he did. And he shared with me, not long after I, I came here, of some real hard times. And I'm not going to mention those, because if you were here, you know what those times were, right? But then I look and I say, but what has God done? Not only did the church bounce back, there was a time when under Ochester's ministry, there were 2,000 people here. And by the way, you did build it. And by the way, we are worshiping in it. And God just came roaring back and he, he has blessed us. And I think of Michael Lewis when there were four or 500 people every week going out and sharing the gospel. And so, and, and I think about my long night of the soul and laying off staff and the panic attacks and the worry and the fear and the difficulty. And then here we stand today with a church that is absolutely debt free. Can I just go on record and say, God has the last word. God has the last word. We don't minimize or mitigate the pain and the difficulty, but it is good to, to reminisce and to think through it because during those times, and, I, and I'm telling you, I'm like Asaph. I have asked this question many times, God, are you mad? Are you cursing us? Are you, have you withheld your favor forever from us? God, what in the world is going on? And it's like God says, trust me, trust me. So what do you do? What do I do during these times? Well, let's look at three things in particular. And point number two, the responses we should make during our times of testing. Number one, we have to remember. Number two, we need to meditate. And then number three, it's imperative that we talk about it. So let's look at it. Number one, to remember. This, this Psalm 77 has a lot of similarities with Habakkuk chapter 3. The prophet says in Habakkuk 3, 2, O Lord, I've heard your speech and I was afraid. O Lord, revive us, God. Revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. Look at this little prepositional phrase. God, in your wrath, remember your mercy. And then verse 15 of that same chapter, Habakkuk 3, it says, God, you walked through the sea with your horses. Now, for some of you Bible scholars, let me just ask you, what, what is he talking about there? It starts with an E. He's talking about the Exodus. God, you walked through the sea. And so, Lord, no matter what we're dealing with today, we know we can call upon you because, God, you walked through the sea with your people, through the heap of great waters. Remember the Exodus when the waters were raised up on either side and the children of Israel go through. And then when the Egyptians come, God washes them away so that their enemies are annihilated. And so Asaph and Habakkuk and all the Old Testament, they will always and continually point to the greatest salvific act known to mankind until the birth of Jesus Christ, and it was clearly the Exodus. It was the Exodus. When God so supernaturally delivered them then, that here's what Israel would do. They would say, but wait a minute. I know their enemies are against us now. I know our crops are failing now. I know that there's difficulty in Israel now, but I will remember. And if God could perform an Exodus, then God can deliver us today. And that's the way the Israelites 
unpack their theology. They based it on the intervening salvific move of God in the Exodus. So let's look, number one, at remember. He says, we will remember, number one, the years of the right hand of El Yon. The right hand, and I know that's an anthropomorphism, right? God doesn't have a hand. He is a spirit. God doesn't have a mouth. He's a spirit. But it's the best we can do as humans to pro pro project this anthropomorphic language onto God so that we can understand it. So when he says the right hand of God, the right arm of God, look, 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 church, look at me for just a moment. That connotes great strength and power and ability. And this Asaph says, okay, it's hard, it's difficult, I'm tempted to question your power, God, and your goodness, but I choose to remember the right hand of God. Number two, he says, I'm going to choose to remember the works of God. And again, he uses the word Yahweh the covenant-keeping God of Israel, His deeds and His actions. And then he says, I'm going to remember the wonders of God. I'm in verses 10, 11, and 12. And again, this, this Hebrew word, Pele, P-E-L-E, it means miracle, wonderful, but catch this meaning. It means that which is absolutely too difficult. And the psalmist is saying, I'm going to remember that because God has delivered in the past, and I know God will deliver me now and in, the, and in the future. It is spiritually therapeutic in your times to, tempt, I mean, times to be tempted to forget, to, 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 watch this, to develop what I call spiritual amnesia, right? just to forget. And in those moments of haste and anger, and you lift up your fist to God, where are you, God? Why did you let this happen, God? The, the greatest remedy, the best thing I can share with you today is stop and remember. And number two, he says to meditate. Not just remember, but to ponder it, to think about it. Let us not judge, Tim Keller says, let us not judge God's love by our circumstances. But let's judge our circumstances by God's love. And let's meditate. Let's choose to remember and cogitate and ruminate and think upon all the times that God has delivered in the past. And this is the thing, Felix Daly, he's taught me a lot. And he taught me this many, many times as we would meet and as and, his, and, and Tom Ogenlay's another one, and Andy Spencer's another one. They they always could see what I could not see, and that was a better future. And Felix would always say, I've been around here a long time, and God has never forsaken us, and God will not forsaken us, forsake us now. I just know that's the case, Pastor, and I'm just holding on to that. And I'm like, you got a lot more faith than I do. Aren't you glad? Don't you praise God for like a man like a Felix Daly who is faithful to God, staying with God, and and giving counsel to your pastor who, who needs it. Meditate. Dwell on the acts of God. And then speak about these acts. To, to, to me, this is, the, this is the needle that pops the balloon of doubt and fear. That needle is to remember God, meditate on God, and then watch this. Don't you love this progression? This is, just has to be divine. It has to be the Word of God. We, mankind can't come up with something like this. You say, well, you're coming up with it. No, I'm not. 
I am a, I'm a Bible teacher, preacher, and I'm just teaching you what the Word of God says. We, we counteract doubt and fear and worry by number one, remembering. It is a cognitive, intellectual, philosophical, theological enterprise where we suspend the doubt and the worry and we say, I choose to remember you, O oh God. And not only just think about it in a flippant moment, but I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to think back in my mind the mighty works of God in my life and in my family and in my church. And then thirdly, watch this, he says, I'm going to talk about it. And this is the genius of it to me. Because if you remember it and you meditate on it and you don't talk about it, then you're, you're selling God short. Because we need to verbalize it. We need to talk about what God has done. And that's what we're trying to do today. That's why we're bringing up all the history and all the testimonies. That's why I'm preaching this sermon is because I want to talk about it. I want to talk about how God has delivered. Hebrews 13, 15 says, therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So in times of testing the Temptation is always to question God, to question His goodness, to question His fidelity to us, His people. But the response, the golden response, it has to be to remember, to meditate, and then to talk. And thirdly and finally today, if you're following along with your notes, the affirmation we all should exclaim when the, all of the dust is settled is, Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Asaph proclaims and then exclaims the power of God. And, and I want to read it to you again. Verse 13, it says, Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. God, your ways are ways of holiness. Who is so great a God is our God. Now, how in the world did we get to verse 13 from verse 9? In verse 9, he says, God, have you forgotten us? Have you, are you angry with us? And, and oh, my, 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 Lord, what in the world? You go from that to our God reigns. Woo! God is on his throne. Yes! You say, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I get there? Remember. <laughs> remember. You say, remember what? I don't have much to remember in my life. Have my life just been stinking hard. That's all my life just been hard. I, I can't see God because I can't remember hardly anything. Well, let me just jostle your memory. 2,000 years ago, the Son of God died on a cross. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead. Remember that. Remember that. that Jesus Christ has conquered sin and hell and the grave. And if Jesus can rise from the dead, I bet he can ameliorate your situation. He can make it better. He can improve it. He say, I, I, I know that he can, Pastor, but just when will he do that? Now, you got to take that up with him because I have no idea. You can beseech him, but you cannot rush him. I don't have many original thoughts, but that's a thought that God gave me for you and for me. God can be beseeched, but he cannot, and he will not be rushed because God's just smarter than us. That's what God's showing me. He's showing your pastor a lot of things over these days of just thinking and praying and 
marrying kids off. And it was a great day last uh, Friday. I'll never forget we were, uh, we were trying to marry Bryant and Kendall. And I got to the point, and then some of you were there in the wedding, and I was asking Bryant, there's this long question I need to ask him. Bryant, will you take Kendall to be your? He goes, yes. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm not even, I didn't ask the question yet. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, Dad. It was, it was kind of a sweet moment because he was ready. He was eager. And God is showing me these things, the importance of resting in the Lord, that it's good to pause, to reflect, to ruminate, to, to slow down and to, and to rest. The second thing God's been showing me is don't try to help God, just let God. Every time I read in the Bible where somebody tries to help God and expedite God, move, hey, come, come, come on, come on, help me, Lord, moving you along here because you're a little bit too slow, it's disastrous, disastrous. Ask Abraham, ask King Saul, it never works out good. And the third thing God's really been showing me as your pastor over these last few days is be very quick to give God praise. Be very careful because God does not share His glory with anybody. And so if you come up to me today and say thank you and we appreciate you coming as our pastor and, and we know this was the number one thing you had in your heart and in your mind and it's been accomplished. And I'm going to be quick to say, it's a miracle. Only God. Only God could do what He has done. And, I've, and I look back and I, I remember, and it's in my mind, God brings to my mind certain people in certain places at just the perfect time. And Fred Upright, I think about you. I think about you a lot because you just so happened to be at Great Hills for 30-something years and you just so happen to care so deeply and in the dark nights of my soul as your pastor. I'll never forget, Fred says, well, if everybody leaves and we have to turn the lights out, I'll turn the lights out with you and we'll just walk out of here together. Let me tell you something, you don't forget that, do you, James? You don't forget those moments as a pastor. And then I just saw, it's like, it's like Fred, you were a pawn in the chess play of God at Great Hills Baptist Church, and God was just moving you and putting you in exactly the right place with your ability to develop land, your ability to, um, to, to negotiate, and your ability to help us. And, and I look back on that and say, I'm going to tell you all something. Brother Danny has zero sense when it comes to real estate and negotiations and dealing with lawyers and LIBOR and interest rates and all that stuff. I'm like, Lord, just let me preach the Bible. That's, that's all I want to do. It's like, no, I got to get an education. I need to get a quick PhD on investments and FAR. My word, Terry, what in the world? Do you ever know, think we'd learn what that means? Florida area ratio? Whoopee! I've learned a lot about these things, but I could never, we could never have have done this in these many, many years without, without people like Fred and, and Andy and Ernie and these, these guys who have been, or at least for me, I know they've held, they've held me up and Terry has as well. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God is our God. Number two, he says, you are the God who does wonders. Have y'all seen that word before? Pele. 
Remember, he was talking about it earlier. It's the impossible. And it says, but you're the God who does the impossible. You have declared your strength among the peoples. And he has. He has demonstrated with his right arm the the miraculous intervening intervention of God when he parted the Red Sea. And the Israelites walked on it as if it was dry ground. It was dry ground. God who called Abram out of the Ur of the Chaldees, and he, and he led them out of Iraq and all the way over to the Fertile Crescent, to, to the land of promise. And, and God, he, he rescued Joseph, as Joseph is in a difficult way, and yet God shapes him and molds him and raises him up to save all of Israel from sure defeat and famine. And, and you go through all the judges and, and, and how God is has used Samson, and he used Deborah, and he, and he uses all these people. And the psalmist says, God, that's you. And God, I thank you. And that's what he's doing in verse 15. He's saying, you, God, with your arm, again, the anthropomorphism, with your arm, you have redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Now, if you're studying with me today, the sons of Jacob and Joseph is just a kind way of saying Israel, the people of Israel, the people of God. So we celebrate today God's goodness and His intervention in the life of our church. And literally, the miracle of God to keep Great Hills Baptist Church at 10,500 Jollyville. Some of you are looking at me like I had no idea it was that bad. And I don't think it's my job to always tell you how bad it is. But I want you to know something today. I'm telling you how good God is. And I want you to rejoice. I want you to rejoice and celebrate with me. So where do you go from here? Do we just ruminate and meditate and cogitate and just think back and just praise God for what He has done? No, that's not it. I want to ask you, what, what is God up to? If God would so save and redeem and Spare us. What has God planned for us? I want to close my message today with two short video clips. And the reason we've chosen these is because these two people speak to the future of Great Hills Baptist Church. And I'm, I'm so honored that these people have, have given us their time. The first one will be Stu, Stu Hodges. And he He's our church plant pastor over at Cornerstone. And in Valu, you're right. It was, we did not plant that church out of great bounty and plenty. We, we planted that church out of tremendous poverty as a church. And yet, you say, that's the most ignorant thing. That is the wrong thing. And I've had people tell me that, Mercy. I've had people schedule appointments with me and say, you have lost your ever-loving mind. And here's what I say. If God puts it on your heart, you cannot listen to the voice of man because the voice of man oftentimes is voice of reason and mathematics and syllogism and logic. I just want you to say something to you, church. God's mathematics doesn't always make sense. And yet you've got to be faithful. You've got to be obedient. So now that church over there in this uh, Leander Cedar Park area, praise God. They have taken off, and they're, and they're reaching people, and, and Stu will mention that to us. And I want to show it to you today because I want to do it again. I mean, surely if we can plant a church in pro poverty, we can plant a church in prosperity. And then the second thing I want you to notice is a sweet, precious lady that, 
I can't tell you where she lives and where she serves, and she can't either. And, but I just want y'all to know, Great Hills, you, we are her church. We are her church family. And because we've loved and believed in Nancy, she is over in the Middle East in a dark, difficult place. That's why God has His hand on this church, because Great Hills Baptist Church will not be deterred or we will not be intimidated by darkness and lostness. If we can preach the Bible in Austin, Texas, then we can penetrate the deep, deep recesses of Islam in the Middle East. And you know how I know we can do all that, which many would say it's absolutely impossible. Don't preach the Bible verse by verse. Don't worry about the Muslims. Let, let God just take care of them. Yeah, listen, this is, this is our deal. This is our moment to shine. This is why God has kept us here, because He wants us to be healthy, and He wants us to reach out and to touch as many people with the gospel. You know what brings God the most glory? on this earth, it's when lost humanity says, Jesus Christ is Lord. That, that brings him the most happiness and the most glory is when the, his created people is when they are redeemed and they give praise to the Son of God. Well, let me let you listen to them. I think you'll enjoy their testimonies. Greetings, Great Hills Baptist Church, from myself and everyone at Cornerstone Community Church in Cedar Park. A little over a year and a half ago, you sent 34 of your members to start a new church in a fast-growing and very unchurched population. If you would have looked at the budget at that time, this decision may have seemed very foolish. But God loves to use our foolishness to astound the wise and to grow His kingdom. In less than two years' time, this foolish investment has grown at a steady pace. We have seen 12 people come to know Jesus yes. and baptize 10 new believers. There are over 40 people who regularly attend Cornerstone Community Church that were not attending any church this time last year. And they're taking their next step in their spiritual life. All because you gave. Not out of your abundance, but out of your need. Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Great Hills, you have given with a big measure to kingdom growth. And your baby church is following your example. Thank you, Pastor Danny and Pastor Terry, for your vision, your heart, and your foolishness for the kingdom. As I look to the future, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how God pours out His blessings on Great Hills Baptist Church. I'm excited to see how God will continue to use the people of Great Hills and the people of Cornerstone Community Church to make new disciples. I'm excited to see generations of lives changed by Jesus because we invested in planting new churches. Well done, Great Hills. But we ain't finished yet. The reward for faithfulness to the Lord isn't rest. It's a greater assignment. We get to be a part of something that's so much bigger than us. So keep investing in the kingdom. Sibad Head, GHBC, Esme, Nancy, Moonbrook. 
I just said good morning GHBC my name is Nancy and congratulations I was absolutely thrilled to hear about how the father has just tremendously blessed my beloved GHBC family there in Austin Texas um, I am a long-term field worker serving in the Middle East in a cousin context um, GHBC um, you guys are my um, sending fellowship um, and have been with me since day one all the way through candidacy school the year and a half of training you guys have loved me well have supported me have prayed with me have given generously um, and I've got many families and individuals who also partner with me on a monthly basis I could not be here without you guys uh, on a Beheb GHBC uh, which means I love my GHBC I am currently learning uh, two forms of Arabic um, one is specific to the nation that I live in and serve in so I can't share what that one's called but I also too am learning Fusa which is the written uh, and reading portion of Arabic that's used throughout the Middle East and throughout the continent of Africa where Arabic is spoken that one stays the same uh, so uh, <laughs> alhamdulillah something stays consistent with the language there um, alhamdulillah just means uh, thanks be to God um, so thank you so much for your support your partnership just means the world could not be out here in the Arab world uh, bring the truth and the light of who our Savior is without you. Thank you for your obedience to the GC. I love you guys. I miss you guys. And have a blessed rest of your day and celebrating together. Salam. Man. Man, man, man. That's so, so good. I just love, love our church. I am, I am praising God for Great Hills Baptist Church. I am I'm just, I'm just so grateful. I, I, I just don't have the words to, to say. Um, man, some of you have given, you've given so much. I've heard of stories where you gave the very jewelry off your body, sold vehicles, homes, done whatever you could so that Great Hills could be sustained through the years. And, and I just thank you. I praise God. For you. You may be new to Austin. You may be new to our church. We're so glad you came today. This is a wonderful day to come to a local assembly, a local church to see what God has done and what God desires to do. And if you're looking for a church home, I, I would encourage you, I would implore you to, to pray and think about this, this body of Christ. It's a very it's a very unique, and the more I look at our church, I discover how absolutely unique it is. More and more in America. Our church has become so segregated. We have the old people and we have the young people. But at Great Hills Baptist Church, we got all the people together. And, and, and it's, that's been a very, very costly decision. But I think that is the right decision because we are, we're all in this together. And I, and I think the grandchildren need the grandparents and the grandparents need the grandchildren. And so if you're looking for an intergenerational and a very multicultural church, I would ask you to pray about attend our Discover Great Hills a class. We'll, I think our next one's going to be in the month of July. Come and pray and seek the Lord and can become a part of us. The other thing I want to say in closing is some of you here today, and I, I just, I call upon you to have a testimony. When you have hard times and, and they drive you to your knees, that you would call out to the Lord and say, Jesus, I really can't do this on my own. I can't do this L-I-F-E on my own. I need your L-O-V-E in a tremendous way. 
And here's what happens in those moments of desperation, in those moments of saying, God, I'm in my sin and, and I'm in a mess and, and I need redemption, I need release, I need, a, I need new life. And when you call upon the name of the Lord, I tell you, that divine moment, the Bible calls it salvation, that God saves and God rescues. And watch this, when that happens and you're born again by the Spirit of God, you, your eternity is sealed, you're going to heaven. But your abundant life will begin at that moment. And that you can, and this, I do this often. Now I look back when I have hard times and difficulty, I look ahead saying, can't be too bad because I'm going to heaven, hallelujah. And it can't, be, it can't be too bad because God who saved me then and delivered me then is the God who can rescue me and deliver me today. So if you don't have a testimony, I invite you to get one. You say, well, how do I get it? How much does it cost? What do I have to do? Well, here's the thing about it, it's free. You just have to believe in Jesus, his death, his burial, and resurrection. Now watch this. Even the demons believe, but you got to commit or you got to surrender. The Bible calls it repent, to turn from your sin, from your way of doing things, and say, Jesus, you're the boss of my life, and you give your life to the Lord. We would love to see you do that today, and we'd love to celebrate. In fact, we're going to have an invitation where we're going to stand, we're going to praise the Lord together, we'll sing song together, a song. And then we're going to commission our Ecuador team that's going to go out to, uh, to the great country of Ecuador and to Quito and to minister there in an orphanage. And we're going to take up an offering. We're Baptist, amen. We still, you said, but we still have to take up offerings? I thought we were loaded and, and all of our problems were gone. No, mercy, no. In fact, we, 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 we need to take up offerings every, every Sunday and we're grateful to God. And then we'll have a little, we'll have a little, well, I'll just save it. You'll, you'll see it in just a moment. Well, let's stand up and let's praise the Lord together. Terry, why don't you come on up as I pray and lead us uh, in our song. As you stand to your feet, would you go ahead and stand and, and would you bow your heads and, and pray with me as I, as I call upon the Lord, as I ask Him for His favor. Again, maybe you're here today and you just need a touch from God. You need a moment of remembrance. You need to meditate, slow down and rest in the Lord and and you need to talk about him and all the good things he's done. And watch this, as you do those things, it releases your spirit from the bondage, from the slavery of, of worry and fear and doubt. The devil doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to be so fast. And he wants you to look at that next Facebook post and that next text. He wants you to look, look at something else so that you, you never slow down. You never pause. Will you pause just a moment? Will you slow down and... Think about the goodness of God, the power of God, the right arm of God. And if he has done it in the past, I assure you, he will do it for you. You got to wait. You got to trust. You can't beseech him, but you can't rush him. You have to trust him. Trust and obey. There's really no other way that you and I can be happy in the Lord except we trust him and obey him. Father, we do pray in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I know this is a big congregational moment, but Lord, would you isolate it so it's one on one? It's one person, God, one student, one student that is talking to you. Or Lord, it's one married couple that's talking to you. Or maybe it's a person here today that's struggling. Lord, maybe they're struggling with who knows, Lord, what the temptation is. Maybe it's a same-sex attraction struggle, or maybe it's a, it's a struggle, Lord, of where they, they feel tempted to compromise in an area of their life, or, or Lord, whatever the struggle is, and Lord, they're tired, 
And they're asking you, God, where are you? God, help me. God, would you just give them a grace? Give them a special grace today to let them know, God, you love them. You care for them. You could never leave them or forsake them. That would go against your very nature. So, Lord, just make, make this big church, make it very, very small for a moment. Just one-on-one, God, you and me, them and God. May decisions, Lord, may they pour forth even at this very moment. May, may salvation come. May hope, hope, hope come. May peace invade the hurt. May the fruit of the Spirit be abundant in the lives of every person that is here. God, we pray you would have your way and your will, even now, right now. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.